It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for listening to the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. Today on the pod, more money, more money, more money. A wash in a one-time $6 billion surplus. We look at the B.C. government's upcoming six-week spending spree. Plus, shovels in the ground. Construction begins on Metro Vancouver's brand new 6,600-seat soccer stadium. Hint, it's not going to be called the Doug Mahal. Plus, Super Bowl weekend. We look at the rise of single-game betting in B.C. and the power of the halftime show. That's all next on the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. Well, last year, uh, B.C. Lottery Corporation reported uh, revenues of $2.3 billion, $33 million of that, was generated by sports betting. Uh, The Super Bowl last year alone, British Columbians spent $2.5 million betting on the Super Bowl. Uh, It's just part of the global betting industry, of course. In 2023, the American Gaming Association is expecting 50 million adults to wager a few dollars on the Super Bowl. Um, In fact, the total amount of wagers they expect expect to hit about 16 billion dollars. Now that's globally on the Super Bowl. Joining me now to talk about uh, single game betting is Matt Lee, Senior Communications Specialist for the BC Lottery Corporation. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jazz, for having me. Appreciate it. So how big of a weekend is it for a single game betting when it comes to the Super Bowl uh, in the context of British Columbia? Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl is uh, the most popular sports betting event on our calendar year. And, of course, a lot of those bets that we're going to see this weekend are going to come from single-event bets. And you got to remember that ever since we introduced single-event bets back in August of 2021, they do account for more than half of our overall sports bets. So it's safe to say that if you extrapolate it to the Super Bowl, we're expecting more than half of the bets to be placed this weekend to be single event bets. Uh, how uh, popular is single game betting in regards to the growth? You said August of 2021 is when um, it was launched here in BC and, and six other Canadian provinces when the federal government legalized single game betting simply because um, so many other jurisdictions in the United States have done so and we would have lost a lot of dollars uh, of, with folks uh, betting online in, in other jurisdictions. We keep the money here. Um, in the context of that, uh, how, long, how has the growth been since 2021 yeah i mean the, the growth has been very immense uh, you know you've seen sports betting just get that increased acceptance culturally uh, these days with single event betting now legal in canada and like i mentioned they're already accounting for more than half of the overall sports bets that we see on playnow.com and i think a part of that reason is why sing- is because single event bets are more engaging to the to the casual or new sports bettors that simply want to just bet on the winner of a game and again going back to the super bowl this weekend of the majority of single event bets that we see on the super bowl most of them are going to be on simply who will win the kansas city chiefs or the philadelphia eagles if you take the four major sports of basketball, baseball, football, and, and hockey, is there a particular sport that generates um, a lot of interest? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty f- evenly balanced between all four of those major North American professional sports leagues. I do believe that the NFL actually edges out the NHL when it comes to popularity on sports betting. The NBA is far behind 
I'll, I'll keep saying that uh, maybe if the Vancouver Grizzlies come back, the NBA will make a, a comeback, if you will, in terms of sports betting as well. And then you have Major League Baseball carrying up the rear between those four teams. But all four are generally very popular just because of maybe geographical locations. Vancouver still is very close to Seattle. Uh, as well as cheering for the Toronto Blue Jays as well. But all four of those major professional sports leagues get a lot of interest on playnow.com. Hmm. Uh, why should people, if they are going to bet, bet uh, with the BC Lottery Corporation compared to other betting sites? Well, I, I think first and foremost, the, the important thing that we always try to communicate to players is that because playnow.com is BC's only 100% legal gambling website, you know that all the revenues generated on playnow.com stay in British Columbia. And so if I'm a casual, everyday sports better, I feel a little bit more better knowing that if I'm going to lose my sports bet, at least I know that that money is staying in the province and it goes towards education, healthcare, and community programs. And it's other things, too. I mean, we, we've seen sports betting ads really surge across TV these days. And I think it's important to know that, like, playnow.com, we have marketing and advertising standards that are set out right here in-house by the province of BC. We conduct player health assessments to screen and evaluate every single bit of marketing and advertising before it goes to the market. So, um, you know, we are trying to offer great entertainment, but we're also trying to do it in a, in a, very, in a very positive way that supports safer play. Now, beyond the game itself, a uh, winner or a loser, uh, there's something called parlays. What kind of things, uh, like, beyond just the game itself, what other kind of betting can people do? I'm just curious in regards to the Super Bowl itself. Yeah, there's there's a couple different types of parlays you can bet on. Uh, for instance, the Canucks game tomorrow morning. In addition to betting on the winner of the Super Bowl, so the Canucks playing the Detroit Red Wings, you can bet on the Canucks to win, and then you can also bet on the Kansas City Chiefs to win. So that'll be a parlayed wager. But we also have what was what is called a same game parlay available for the Super Bowl. So that means you can wager on a couple of outcomes within the game of the Super Bowl. For instance, uh, Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown and the Kansas City Chiefs to win. That would be considered a same game parlay, for example. So you can you can bet on sort of a specific player uh, based on a specific stat and things of that sort. And as you say, with the touchdown. Now uh, I've got two producers here, Talia Miller and. Um, Stephen Chang, we were talking about the importance of the halftime show for the overall show that is the Super Bowl. Eric Alper joined us uh, right before uh, you and I started talking. Um, can you bet on Rihanna and, and, oh, and her performance? You can. I, and you know what? I'm, I'm sort of uh, ashamed to admit that I, I, I'm going to be watching the halftime show probably just as closely as I am the game itself. But <laughs> the, the truth is that the, the halftime show, the coin flip, even the national anthem jazz, they're all up for grabs in terms of betting. Players can bet on will the national anthem go over, I believe it's just over two minutes, or, or will it go under? You can place a bet on minutes. that? You can place a bet oh, on yeah. that? And so, I mean, get your stopwatches out, right? Because people like to bet on stuff like that. And even betting, will the opening coin flip be heads or tails? Even the Gatorade color that dunked over the winning coach, that's all available on playno.com. And going back to the halftime show, you can even bet on what will be Rihanna's first song that she performs during the halftime show. So that's all part of, that's all available to the BC Lottery Corporation for Super Bowl. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> well, at least it's fun. There you go. If you're not interested in football, you can uh, bet on the halftime show. So there yeah, you go. something for everybody, right? There you go. Matt, thanks for your time. Thanks, Jazz. Appreciate it.
I'm a huge soccer fan, and as I was watching the World Cup in uh, late November and December, I always uh, loved the beautiful stadiums in Qatar. Uh, and I know a significant amount of dollars went into, of course, hosting um, the World Cup, certainly the kind of dollars we would never spend or should spend. Uh, but the stadiums were beautiful, so it was great to see an all-grass field. And, uh, and, and I love going to the Whitecaps games, but obviously BC Place, artificial field, it's cavernous. Uh, it's not as intimate as one would like in regard regards to to soccer. And I was thinking back as my time as a reporter, I remember covering the story, I think it was in the late aughts when the Vancouver Whitecaps at that point had proposed building their own soccer-specific stadium uh, in and around just north of Gastown. And there was a significant amount of debate. And at the end of the day, it didn't go ahead. It was a 15,000-seat stadium they were proposing. But just think about that for a second. Private sector dollars, not public dollars, but we somehow managed to just mess that up. And, and I know there's different conversations about whether stadiums should be in the downtown core, should have been in, the, in and around that area in, in, in northern, north uh, Gastown. But Vancouver's always sort of not had a, uh, a traditional open-air soccer stadium. I guess Empire Stadium probably was the last one. Well, we can tell you that Metro Vancouver's first soccer-only stadium is in the process, process of being constructed, actually. Uh, Vancouver FC, Vancouver Football Club, are part of the uh, Canadian Premier League. It's the domestic Canadian League, not to be confused, of course, with the uh, Whitecaps and the MLS, Major League Soccer. Um, uh, but uh, they are constructing a soccer, uh, soccer-specific stadium in Langley with a capacity of 66 Hundred people. Uh, joining me now to talk about uh, the new stadium is Dean Shillington. He's a lead investor and managing partner at Six Five Sports and Entertainment. Dean, thank you for joining us today. Great to be here, Jazz. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, this is a, a huge story. Rarely do you see uh, stadiums being built uh, in this city. A city, and by city, I mean Metro Vancouver. Land prices are very expensive. Walk me through uh, 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 and, our, and our audience in regards to where you are in the process of actually building and what kind of stadium we're going to see. Sure thing, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a little non-traditional in the fact of how we typically like to look at stadiums where you have very significant structures and uh, it takes many years of planning and approval to get done. Uh, the new modular structure is one that that kind of process gets shortened to really a six to ten month window from concept to design to ordering to arriving in your port and assembling. So we're now we are at the point where the containers are beginning to arrive in our port and then we were late waiting for customs and then the exciting day starts when the assembly begins here over the next few weeks. Wow. And for our audience, whereabouts in Langley will we will we find this stadium once it's complete? Yeah, this will be at the world-class Langley Event Center. It's a great spot for us on 200th Street. Uh, and uh, SkyTrain's coming out in that area, not right there, but very close by. We've got a few years out, and that's been the one challenge. We wish we could be on the SkyTrain line with this, uh, with this opportunity just for, to make it accessible for everyone, but it is coming close over the next few years, and uh, we'll get there in time. Well, maybe there's a shuttle or two that can, that can be uh, <laughs> implemented for that. Now, the, the, the size at this point is at about 6,600? Yes, it is a very dynamic process, as you can appreciate with the timeline. So right now we're at about 6,600. Once the stadium gets installed and assembled on site and you can reassess your, your openings and your opportunities, that number might change a bit, but right now we're at that 6,600 mark. If you ever wanted to expand it to, let's say, ten or fifteen, twenty thousand, 20,000, are you able to do that? Yeah, not only can you do it, but you can do it over a really short 
turn. And you see these kind of things at Olympics and World Cups, how they take these uh, stadiums and they build out, out the sides, these unusual-looking stands. Uh, that kind of thing can be done over, over the course of, you know, again, same window, six to, six to ten months from ordering to coming and bringing it in and dismantling the current structure and putting the new one on top or adding to it. It's the same similar process. Mm-hmm. And uh, a part of it, I guess, is also the experience itself. And I'm, I'm sure you're already planning bit by bit in regards to what that experience will, will be like once uh, Vancouver FC starts playing there. Well, the one thing for us in Vancouver is we all kind of can look back to the the experience, you know, when the when BC Place was shut down and, and the Whitecaps and the Lions were playing at Empire Field, and it was such a an intimate, close, loud environment uh, that we all love. So that became the baseline, and, and so yeah, our our inspiration for Six Five Stadium and uh, and ex- stadium experience is not only the stadium product, but it's the experience is the other half of the formula. It's coming up with formulas to. Um, have fans interact in a positive way, create good family zones, create good supporter zones, bring in little elements of, of what we see in the soccer world around the world and bringing it to Vancouver. Talk to me a little bit about Vancouver FC and, and, and the new league and, and, and sort of where it fits in the ecosystem in context to MLS and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Sure thing. I mean, the, the Canada was the last developed country in the world to not have a, its own domestic professional league. And so we started that five years ago uh, with the Canadian Premier League. And so we play along just like every other country of the world. We have teams across the country uh, and expanding where we play for the Canadian Premier League uh, Championship. It's our domestic professional league. Uh, the Whitecaps are part of the MLS, the, the U.S.-based uh, base league. We do cr- get the cross paths for fun. We've uh, we, we got to play the Whitecaps a couple of years ago uh, in the Canadian Championship. Uh, that's where all the leagues of uh, professional levels and a couple amateur levels get to uh, go in like the FA Cup of England, and uh, we get to play. So we're l- hoping we get that opportunity this year to have a nice uh, nice time to play the Whitecaps, but uh, very different leagues than we line again in uh, in CONCACAF. Mm-hmm. Uh- are there lessons to be learned from your neighbors or future neighbors next door at the at the Langley Event Center, the the, the Vancouver Giants, the the WHL team? Um, uh, they obviously, uh, obviously, Vancouver Canucks. We follow them very closely. That's a professional league. Are there lessons to be learned from the WHL and specifically the Giants in regards to how they've marketed themselves? One hundred percent. I think the Giants have done an amazing job of proving just how much support there is for for sports in in the Valley and in Vancouver. Uh, that has been a, a model um, system for how the whole Valley has rallied and supported uh, so supported the sport itself. So there's no question they've done a great job, uh, and they're helping pave the way for opportunities like us to go out at the Langley Event Center and to uh, to create this professional product that we hope uh, and and are feel strong that the community will enjoy. Uh, when uh, can we expect tickets to go on sale, stadium to be finished, tickets to go on sale in, uh, in regards to those dates? I know you haven't nailed down specifics yet, but broadly speaking, when can we expect uh, uh, to hear from the club in regards to ticket sales and the, the, the completion of the stadium? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, the stadium progress, I mean, we're going to be talking about that as it goes. It's going to be the most exciting bit over the next few weeks as the containers roll in and, the, and it starts to go up. It's going to go pretty quick. The uh, the stadium and the strategy and partnerships, uh, we've been chomping at the bit for, for months and months to, to start rolling this out, and now it all starts to happen over a really short period. The schedule was released last week. Uh, we begin ticket sales next week through our members and those that have signed up for memberships uh, over the past number of months. 
and then we start our public release in the uh, the weeks to come. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, all the best to you. I'm sure we'll be checking in uh, with you and the club uh, in the weeks and months ahead. All the best to you, and it's great to see a new stadium open up in the Metro Vancouver area. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks a lot, Josh. Cheers. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Rihanna, of course, and she'll take center stage uh, on Sunday in Glendale, Arizona. She'll, of course, steal the show, I am sure. She is, of course, a renowned star, sold millions and millions of records, nine-time Grammy Award winner, 12-time Billboard Music Award winner. And, of course, she'll be playing the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And as I said earlier, the Super Bowl halftime show is the ultimate marriage of sports and popular culture. We want to talk a little bit about the importance of the halftime show. Joining me now is Eric Alper. He's a music industry expert and publicist. Eric, thank you for joining us. No problem. Happy to do it. I got nothing else better to do for the next 29 and a half hours until she performs. <laughs> Tell me, in your, in your mind, uh, how important is the halftime show for these artists? Um, it's huge, um, not just only because they get to perform in front of anywhere between one and a half and two billion people, whichever you believe, um, but the fact that they get paid exactly one dollar for the performance shows that the artists understand the importance of the 12 and a half to 13 minutes that they have on a global scale. Um, it, you know, Rihanna has a fashion line called Fendi, and it's where she's made most of her money. She's a billionaire now, officially, as of last year. She's made it mostly in the makeup and clothing line, and she's selling a shirt now that says um, a Rihanna concert broke out at the Super Bowl. Um, and that's kind of apt, um, because it could have been like the Super Bowl broke out at a Rihanna concert. So uh, the, the fact that uh, so many artists use it as a stepping point to announcing a world tour, um, announcing a brand new album, because all of the reviews and the media's eyes are going to be on Rihanna on Sunday, write about her on Monday, and what better way when you have the world's rap attention than to announce something big. And it could be. She hasn't had an album out in seven years since her anti-album. She hasn't gone out on a world tour in almost nine years. So um, this could be a one-off, and then she'll just go back into her fashion line for a little bit. Or this could be the start of the music industry seeing easily one of the five biggest stars in the last 25 years. So basically, she doesn't get paid, or she gets paid a dollar, as you say. She gets paid a dollar officially to make it official, yeah. And and the rest of it, I'm like, I think uh, Apple is now sponsoring uh, the halftime show. I think it's $50 million a year. So the production costs that the artists have, the singers, the, the extras, mm. the stage, that is covered by the NFL, I'm assuming. Someone told me that's about 10 or 15 million of that. 
is yeah, covered usually by you. It, yeah, it depends on, on who you believe. Um, I, I, I know somebody that did the halftime show um, in the last 10 years, and they had to eat up all of the expenses. Um, they said that the NFL told them and their team that it's an honor to play the Super Bowl. So if you want to make it the very best, we're not going to give a budget. It's all on you. And then I've heard other ways where in the last couple of years, um, the NFL has done a deal with Jay-Z and uh, Rock. Nation company. That's how they got Dr. Dre and Eminem and 50 Cent last year um, due to the NFL's blacklisting of Colin Papernick. They realized that the um, that they had to do something for the, the black audience and the black and African Americans. So they did a deal with with Rock Nation to take over the Super Bowl halftime show, and that's how Rihanna said, "Yes, I'm willing to do it now." When she's turned it down before because of the treatment about Colin. Mm-hmm. So there might have been some deal and some money exchanging hands of Rock Nation um, signing on to do this deal. Then the money comes out of that. Um, I, I wouldn't be. I, I would not be surprised if the artist still continues to have to pay for it. It's probably the the best fifteen million dollars they'll ever spend because we'll get it back in the first hour of music streams and sales. No, I think you're right. I was just looking at the numbers here. Uh, they were saying that after the halftime show, Justin Timberlake saw a five hundred and thirty four percent increase in music sales. Uh, Travis Scott's uh, performance fee went from five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars. After Super Bowl 53, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira gained 3 million followers after Super Bowl 54 as well. And The weekend sold a million concert tickets a week after Super Bowl as well. So um, it's it's a huge amount I'll of dollars. i investment. Yeah, exactly. Is there a particular show you liked? Uh, I mean, there's so many different types of performers. Um, yeah. Is there a particular performance you've liked as, as a viewer, as a music fan? Yeah, 1974, Up With People. No, I'm only kidding. Um, I'm, I'm going to say probably the best one I've ever seen was Prince at the, at the halftime show. It, it was pouring rain. Um, it was lit up in purple for him with the lights. And the rumor is that he asked the producer, can you make it rain harder? because he knew that it added the extra gravitas to the performance. I thought Bruce Springsteen's was amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought Beyonce's was great. Um, U2, after 9-11, who came on out and, uh, and performed, I thought they were spectacular, especially because when Bono, um, took off half of his jacket and showed that he had sewn the American flag on the inside of his leather jacket. I thought that was a hugely powerful statement. Um, but overall, I, I, you know, you can't mess with Prince. Is it, why do you think that halftime show is so important? Is it just because of the large numbers? It, it, it still remains culturally relevant. Is it just because of the 200 million that are watching in America that, that just take it there? <laughs> Yeah, it's probably one of the only things left in this planet that we might all be watching together. Um, you know, as big as music's biggest night, so-called, by the music industry with the Grammys, nobody remembers really anything from a week ago, much less the performances or who won album of the year. Nobody's going to remember that four months down the road. But people, but you just asked me about the Super Bowl moment, and I'm sure if you stop people on the street, they all have their own Um People who would never, ever, ever watch a football game is going to be watching the last five minutes leading up to the halftime show and five minutes afterwards. Um, And it's specifically designed to bring in the people who would normally not watch football. And they kind of like to play it safe, having performers that 
pretty much everybody can agree on. Maybe you don't like the music, but you can't deny that Beyonce is an amazing entertainer, that Coldplay aren't great on stage, or that Eminem can't rev up the crowd. This is your uh, once-in-a-lifetime at home that you get to watch this in your underwear, eating Cheetos, being able to see somebody that you would be normally paying $4,000 a ticket for for free for 14 and a half minutes. Pretty good deal. It is a good deal. Eric, thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk soon. Well, last year, uh, BC Lottery Corporation reported uh, revenues of $2.3 billion, $33 million of that was generated by sports betting. Uh, the Super Bowl last year alone, British Columbians spent $2.5 million betting on the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just part of the global betting industry, of course. In 2023, the American Gaming Association is expecting 50 million adults to wager a few dollars on the Super Bowl. Um, in fact, the total amount of wagers they expect to expect to hit about 16 billion dollars. Now that's globally on the Super Bowl. Joining me now to talk about uh, single game betting is Matt Lee, Senior Communications Specialist for the BC Lottery Corporation. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jazz, for having me. Appreciate it. So how big of a weekend is it for a single game betting when it comes to the Super Bowl uh, in the context of British Columbia? Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl is uh, the most popular sports betting event on our calendar year. And, of course, a lot of those bets that we're going to see this weekend are going to come from single event bets. And you got to remember that ever since we introduced single event bets back in August of 2021, they do account for more than half of our overall sports bets. So it's safe to say that if you extrapolate it to the Super Bowl, we're expecting more than half of the bets to be placed this weekend to be single event bets. Uh, how uh, popular is single game betting in regards to the growth? You said August of 2021 is when um, it was launched here in BC and, and six other Canadian provinces when the federal government legalized single game betting simply because um, so many other jurisdictions in the United States have done so and we would have lost a lot of dollars uh, of, with folks uh, betting online in, in other jurisdictions. We keep the money here. Um, in the context of that, uh, how, long, how has the growth been since 2021 yeah i mean the, the growth has been very immense uh, you know you've seen sports betting just get that increased acceptance culturally uh, these days with single event betting now legal in canada and like i mentioned they're already accounting for more than half of the overall sports bets that we see on playnow.com and i think a part of that reason is why sing- is because single event bets are more engaging to the to the casual or new sports bettors that simply want to just bet on the winner of a game and again going back to the super bowl this weekend of the majority of single event bets that we see on the Super Bowl, most of them are going to be on simply who will win, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles. If you take the four major sports of basketball, baseball, football, and, and hockey, is there a particular sport that generates um, a lot of interest? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty f- evenly balanced between all four of those major North American professional sports leagues. I do believe that the NFL actually edges out the NHL when it comes to popularity on sports betting. The NBA is far behind. I'll keep saying that uh, maybe if the Vancouver Grizzlies come back, the NBA will make a, a comeback, if you will, in terms of sports betting as well. And then you have Major League Baseball carrying up the rear between those four teams. But all four are generally very popular just because of maybe geographical locations. Vancouver still is very close to Seattle. 
uh, as well as cheering for the Toronto Blue Jays as well. But all four of those major professional sports leagues get a lot of interest on playnow.com. Hmm. Uh, why should people, if they are going to bet, bet uh, with the BC Lottery Corporation compared to other betting sites? Well, I, I think first and foremost, the, the important thing that we always try to communicate to players is that because playnow.com is BC's only 100% legal gambling website, you know that all the revenues generated on playnow.com stay in British Columbia. And so if I'm a casual, everyday sports better, I feel a little bit more better knowing that if I'm going to lose my sports bet, at least I know that my, that money is staying in the province and it goes towards education, healthcare, and community programs. And it's other things, too. I mean, we, we've seen sports betting ads really surge across TV these days. And I think it's important to know that, like, playnow.com, we have marketing and advertising standards that are set out right here in-house by the province of BC. We conduct player health assessments to screen and evaluate every single bit of marketing and advertising before it goes to the market. So, um, you know, we are trying to offer great entertainment, but we're also trying to do it in a, in, a very, in a very positive way that supports safer play. Now, beyond the game itself, a winner or a loser, uh, there's something called parlays. What kind of things, uh, like beyond just the game itself, what other kind of betting can people do? I'm just curious in regards to the Super Bowl itself. Yeah, there's, there's a couple different types of parlays. You can bet on, uh, for instance, the Canucks game tomorrow morning in addition to betting on the winner of the Super Bowl. So the Canucks playing the Detroit Red Wings, you can bet on the Canucks to win, and then you can also bet on the Kansas City Chiefs to win. So that'll be a parlayed wager. But we also have what was what is called a same-game parlay available for the Super Bowl. So that means you can wager on a couple of outcomes within the game of the Super Bowl. For instance, uh, Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown and the Kansas City Chiefs to win. That would be considered a same-game parlay, for example. So you can you can bet on sort of a specific player based on a specific stat and things of that sort, as you say, with a touchdown. Now, uh, I've got two producers here, Talia Miller and... Um, Stephen Chang, we were talking about the importance of the halftime show for the overall show that is the Super Bowl. <laughs> Eric Alper joined us uh, right before uh, you and I started talking. Um, can you bet on Rihanna and and, oh, and her performance? You can. Uh, and you know what? I'm I'm sort of uh, ashamed to admit that I, I I'm going to be watching the halftime show probably just as closely as I am the game itself. But <laughs> the the truth is that the the halftime show, the coin flip. Even the National Anthem Jazz, they're all up for grabs in terms of betting. Players can bet on, will the National Anthem go over, I believe it's just over two minutes, or, or will it go under? The, you can place a bet on minutes. that? You can place a bet oh, on yeah. that? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, get your stopwatches out, right? Because people like to bet on stuff like that. And even betting, will the opening coin flip be heads or tails? Even the Gatorade color that dunked over the winning coach, that's all available on playno.com. And going back to the halftime show, you can even bet on what will be Rihanna's first song that she performs during the halftime show. So that's all part of that's all available to the BC Lottery Corporation for Super Bowl. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> well, at least it's fun. There you go. If you're not interested in football, you can uh, bet on the halftime show. So there yeah, you go. something for everybody, right? There you go. Matt, thanks for your time. Thanks, Jazz. Appreciate it. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
Goodbye now. It's over. That's all. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. It's Friday, and this is The Wrap on the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Thank God it's This week, our rap panel tells us about the movies they're still embarrassed about not having seen, and we ask, what artists would you like to see perform at the Super Bowl halftime show? Joining us today, Leah Halive, TV reporter and radio host, and, of course, Sarah Daniels, real estate agent in South Surrey, author and broadcaster. I hope both of them can hear me. I can hear you. I can very good. That's <laughs> that is excellent. It, it's hard to do a a movie or or a music segment when you can't hear me. So that is great. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, movies. We were uh, having this conversation uh, in our newsroom a while back about you know making references for movies and and um, sometimes you don't understand those references. It's quite sometimes embarrassing to admit if you haven't seen a particular a particular movie. Uh, I think back to movies like Casablanca or uh, Gone with the Wind, which are made many, many decades ago, but even new movies that you haven't seen or heard of before as well. So, Leah, let me start with you first and foremost. Is there a movie that is popular that you will admit that you haven't seen? Yeah, so um, for all the romantics out there, they're going to yell at the radio, um, The Notebook. I know, like, every woman oh, gets together. I haven't seen that either. Okay, so you and me both. Yeah. And, like, yeah. women, I know I'm in a room with them, and they're like, oh, The Notebook. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that part. No, I don't. I never saw it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had no desire to see it. Let's listen to a clip from The Notebook. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to ask you one more time. Will you? Oh, you're not. Go out with me. Okay, okay, fine. I'll go out with you. Well, don't do me any favors. No, no, I want to. You want it. Yes! You want it. Say it. I want to go out with you. Say it again. I want to go out with you! I think they kiss in the rain. That's all I know from one of the scenes. But your, that's it. your girlfriends bring this up and they're like, oh, no, no, no. And you have no yeah. clue what they're talking about. And I'm the one that's like, oh, yeah, that part. Yeah, I know. I don't know why she chose him. I don't know. Because uh, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> so good. Uh, so, Sarah, I got to ask you: Is there a movie that uh, you know that is universally universally viewed as must watch, but you haven't actually watched? Titanic. Do oh. not tell me how it ends. I don't want to know how it ends. <gasps> well, we know Jack could have fit on the board, the door. We know that now, so they've done a special <laughs> on it. So when you watch it, you'll understand. Let's listen to a <laughs> clip from the Titanic. Trust me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm flying. That movie is so old. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio used to date women his own age at that time. That's all. <laughs> oh I know. I know. He and you know what and and because he's so gross, I don't, I don't want to watch it now. Cuz I'm he sorry, but the guy is gross. Yeah. It, no, it, it, I don't know. He's just always always come across to me as a little sleazeball. Ted Field <laughs> was on with me earlier today. We were just uh, talking on the Daily Debrief, and, and uh, we brought up the topic with him. I'm wondering if we can play that clip, because it's, it, he also uh, confessed uh, about a movie he hasn't uh, seen. Take a listen. I gave up on Lord of the Rings after the first one, and people are oh. appalled. This whole idea of waiting years for a movie, you know, the, the, the second version or third, yeah. it's like, okay, 
cliffhanger. Wait a minute, I just three hours? The story is not finished? No, no, you got to wait another year or two for the next one. Then there's a third one. And I'm like, no, gave up. I sort of gave up on Star Wars 2 after the first three. And as you point out, people get so in in these these universes, Marvel Universe and Star Wars Universe. It's like, no, 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 sorry. Gave up on it. So you guys guys are absolutely honest. We had a contestant on today. We were giving up uh, tickets tickets away earlier today. And uh, we made... We had a question, a multiple choice question, and it was related to Marvel. No clue. Uh, take a listen. Paul Rudd studied theater at the University of Kansas. Which Marvel superhero does he play in the upcoming film Quantumania? I'll go Captain America. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. It's in that Marvel family, but uh, Paul Rudd yeah, has... See, I've, I've never seen any of those, so <laughs> that was just like right out of left field. Yeah, hey, don't blame me if you don't follow Marvel, but yeah, he's, he yeah, has... Yeah, I, I still haven't seen The Matrix, so... <laughs> It's the Ant-Man. That's so, the Ant-Man. Sarah, let me go to you. Are we just really I busy? I haven't seen The Matrix either. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Sarah. Get out oh of here. Oh, my God. We've got to buy you some tickets to go see some movies. Oh, my God, woman. Oh, my <laughs> I, the, the closest big movie theater is like 20 kilometers from my house. I cannot I live be bothered. Near you. They're really... I know, but you're younger than me, and I just can't be bothered to I'll drag my up, ass all okay? the way to the movie theater. I'll is... drive Miss Daisy to the theater. Yeah, exactly. Okay? It's, 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 I am going to hunt you down and shoot you, young lady. That's it. Sarah, is it? do you think it's just we're just so busy with our lives? Life, modern life is so busy that we're not even doing the good old-fashioned let's go to the movie thing anymore? I think it's because a movie ticket's like 25 bucks and parking's the same. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not dragging my rear end out of the house. I'll make popcorn at home and watch Netflix. That is true. You know, we had we had Rick Forchuk on earlier today, and we were talking about the latest trend with movie theaters beyond just charging you, um, you know, uh, lots for popcorn and, and, and tickets. They're now in the U.S. starting uh, anytime after 4 o'clock. You will pay extra based on where you sit in the theater. Yes. So, Little seats, the most expensive. Yes. Right? So if you're the right in the one. front, you're going to save $2. But if you wait, if you get a seat right in the middle, you're going to pay 2 or $3 more. It's actually I'll ludicrous. pay the 2 bucks, thanks. That uh, is bonkers. It's, it's, concert, it's concert pricing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So if you... If you, you get to buy your ticket last, like later than everybody else, you have to pay more, right? Because nobody wants to pay more for the middle seat. So, like, that makes no sense at all. No, no. It's, it's, it's I mean, I, I remember, I remember when I was living in Toronto in the late 80s going and seeing Batman, the original Batman with Michael Keaton. And we were in the front front row, and I think oh, we were brutal. a bit drunk. And it was, I don't really remember much <laughs> except maybe Michael Keaton's nostrils. But yeah. that was, yeah, it was. Yeah, ah, the 80s. On Sunday, Rihanna will take center stage in Arizona. She's set to steal the show at Super Bowl at the Super Bowl at State Farm Stadium. Of course, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Rihanna is a nine-time Grammy Award winner, a 12-time Billboard Music Award winner. I'm sure she'll put on a fake, a great show. If, in regards to who she's followed, well, there's been Dr. Day, Dre, Snoop, Snoop Dogg. You've also had um, Jennifer Lopez, The Weeknd, The Rolling Stones, Shakira, Mary J. Oblige. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show has truly turned into a cultural event, so much so even Saturday Night Live uh, found a way to poke fun of it, uh, at it. At, it wasn't because of a star. They, they reimagined uh, the Super Bowl and uh, looked at it in the context of a Broadway play. Take a listen. The Super Bowl! The Super Bowl! The players are in their costumes, and now it's time for Travel across the board, 
Uh, the, it's amazing that the Super Bowl, the halftime show itself, uh, it leads to significantly more tickets being sold for concerts. Um, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez last year picked up 3 million more followers on Instagram. Um, it is significant in regards to the impact it can have uh, on one's career, even though these are, these are very much established artists. Uh, Leah, let me go to you first and foremost. Is there a particular Super Bowl that you really liked, halftime show? Oh. Okay, a couple of them. So Bruno Mars back in 2014, my favorite. That guy can sing live. Like, he is amazing. Also, you mentioned Dr. Dre, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige when they performed the other year. That was so good. And, of course, I got to go with Michael Jackson as well. Going way back, I didn't see it till years later, but once I did see it, I was like, quite amazed. So, sorry, Sarah, but... <laughs> you go. Those, what? Why are you apologizing? Favorite. What have I got to do with this? Because you don't like Michael Jackson. I know this. So oh, no, I no. Apologize. It's not that I don't. I, I do like his music, but, he, he, well, you know. It's everything yeah. Everything outside of that. I think everybody <laughs> yeah, feels that way. went along with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, what about you? Is there a, a particular uh, artist or performance you Prince. really liked? Oh, Prince. yes. Prince in the uh, pouring rain. I mean, that was a show of shows. That was amazing. That was awesome. That was it. That was the piece de resistance. There is no topping that. I defy you to argue with me. I will take you down. I will hunt you down. I will win. Me, 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 me. I totally agree with you on that. That, that was probably that was the, a good one. Too. That is a very good one. Why do you think it's such a cultural event, Sarah? Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, the Super Bowl, I mean, let's face it. What do people talk about the Super Bowl? Could anybody actually remember half the time who played the year before? People talk about the commercials <laughs> and the halftime show. So it is cultural in the sense that, like, for the guys that you know are, are, are and the girls that are totally into football, that's great. For the people that are happy to watch along and find and watch the funny commercials, that's good too. But I'm I'm going to bet that the halftime show probably, you know, on a Nielsen rating chart is probably where the biggest spike in viewership is. People mm-hmm. want to see. I mean, it's expensive to go and see a, an act sing live, and it's actually amazing to see performers that can perform live because, as we all know. There's some performers that are just not going to translate onto a stage that they don't have that je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. Or the back, or the, uh, like, the portfolio, the, uh, the uh, entire, like, legacy of music that they can draw from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was talking to Eric Alpert earlier, and he was mentioning they don't actually pay the stars. They pay them $1. They'll yeah. pay the dancers and they will pay a certain portion of your production costs because even with established artists, they just it, it, it still it raises their profile and they make a lot of dollars a- afterwards. I mean, if you think about it, what a cultural uh, cultural event it turns into. Remember yeah. the, the dreaded wardrobe malfunction, Leah? I mean, it oh, was God, uh, Janet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we, we we we're still talking about it. it. Says something, doesn't it? I mean, I, you, I think you I think perform worst... again, right, and redeem herself maybe or something. Maybe I think, I, and, and that still that still irks me. Because because Justin Timberlake, like that little weasel, he, you know, squirreled away and, and didn't take any yeah. responsibility. Yeah. And Janice Jack, Janet Jackson got completely lambasted in her career, yeah. you know, caked because of that. So Justin Timberlake, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, <laughs> go and apologize to that woman yet again. Thank you very much. I'm actually quite surprised for the Swifty fans out there that Taylor Swift hasn't performed. We, I wonder if she's turned it down. Or, we were you know. talking about that, and based on yeah. our investigative skills, uh, Talia, who is our technical producer, Talia, can you come mm-hmm. on for a second? And she's going to explain it, and I think she's nailed it. it. Because that would spike the ratings. Right? Yeah. You'd have 20-year-olds watching. So right? what, what was your explanation as to why you think she hasn't performed? Because she could bring Ticketmaster to its knees. She can 
just yeah. it'll just you fill have up twenty a year olds watching the game. Like exactly. Yeah. So the yeah. Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure, is sponsored by Pepsi, and was, Taylor yes. had a contract with Coca Cola. So oh. that's so far the issue. So this wow. year, it's now I think the next five years it's sponsored by mm-hmm. Apple, which is paying two hundred fifty mm-hmm. million dollars. So moving forward, I think over the yeah. next four years, Keep our fingers crossed. I know. I know you'll yes, be, you'll Italia, watch for sure. I'm hoping. <laughs> Thank the, you. The, the problem with the problem with Taylor Swift being on the Super Bowl, though, it would be Taylor Swift with a performance by the two teams from the Super Bowl. Oh, it, it would wouldn't just... be the opposite way around, right? No, it would no. be yeah. a game built around a concert as uh, opposed to a concert that oh, yeah. you know, is I, bookended yeah. by a game. It, it would be a halftime show and a football game, absolutely, afterwards, yeah, totally. after the fact. So there <laughs> yeah. you go. Well, ladies, have yourself a super weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. You too, Thank friends. you. Go Take care of yourself. All right, take care. Maybe you can go if you want to watch a football game. Maybe you can go watch a movie or something like that. Titanic. I'm on the edge. I'll be the only one in the theater. It'll be amazing. It's 25 years this year. I think it's going to be in the theaters. There you go. Did you say? Leo, did you say 25? Leo DiCaprio 25 loves years. 25. The number 25. I still haven't seen the original Avatar either. So I'm, I'm right. Oh my God. God. Okay. No, no. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Jazz Joe Hall Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always listen to the Jazz Joe Hall Show live Monday to Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on 980 CKNW and connect with me on Twitter at Jazz Joe Hall BC. Talk to you next time.